With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the show. My name is Charlton with Big C. This is Charlton and Big C Sports coming to you worldwide on the Big C Sports Network, on the number one network in the United States of America, and Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe. According to Big C and them good old boys down south, I want to say bienvenido to all of our listeners in Latin America, also across the pond in London, England, as well as Paris, France, and of course you good old boys in Canada. You know we love you in Africa, the Big C tribe, but Big C, there's no one we love more than you good old boys down south in the land of the free, and the home of the brave. Big C, how's it going on a beautiful May 30th, 2018, Big C? Charlton, I'm confused down here. You know, I mean, we got rain and sunshine. The only thing we don't have is a volcano like they have going on in the wild <laughs> oh right now. Oh, my God, man. I tell you, I, I hope that people, especially them good old boys that don't believe that they get warned to leave for a reason. They can't come back and help you once it's not safe for everybody or our thoughts and prayers are with all the people of the island and dealing with that. Such a beautiful place, Hawaii. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. Big C is so much happening in the world of the sports universe. I even love that CNN's been following the sports universe, Big C. I thought some of the comments we talked about yesterday, they were playing them on CNN today. And I, I love that network. Also, we have the NHL. They're also trying to drink that vibranium out of the Lord Stanley's Cup. They thought that Golden State drank all of it, but there's still a lot of vibranium out there floating around in the universe. But also, I tell you, there's nothing like all the talk of who's going to win the next NBA championship. But first, Big C, I do want to say this segment is sponsored by your Northern California Cadillac dealers, home of the all-new Cadillac Escalade, standard of the world. And when you go by and test drive yours, tell them Charlton and Big C sent you. So, Big C, I, I just want to start again with, because I respect everybody who has a right to go claim their property, but what advice would you give to the people in Hawaii that nature is going to take what is belonged to it? It's going to come back and reclaim everything that was its. What would you say? You've been down there in the south. You've seen the, you've seen the hurricanes. You've seen the flooding. And some people just don't leave until it's too late. What advice would you give the people in Hawaii, Big C? Charlton, I was in Hawaii years ago during an active volcano. And, I mean, it, it, it's resonating. What, what, what you see, Mother Nature, at her most powerful. You know, we, we, we hear about the hurricanes and tornadoes here on the mainland. But when you think about that lava flow, and, and there's nothing that can stop it, Charlton. No. It does what it wants to do. When you're talking about something being alive, that's the lava. And for these people to not heed the warnings uh, of the government and law enforcement there on the island saying, evacuate, and we may not be able to come get you. They yep. even had to rescue a man last night by a drone directing him where to go to so that he could follow the light so that they could pick him up. Wow. But, you know, as a human being, 
you would think that someone would put life first, Charlton. But I guess in this day and age in this country, Charlton, coming from the leadership up top in our country, that, that's not what's done. But if you've built something physically, Charlton, that means that it's replaceable. Yes. That, you know, they didn't break the mold when they did. So you have to think of life and limb first, Charlton, and evacuate. If it's there when you go back, fine. If it's not, you have the opportunity potentially to rebuild if there's something in the general area. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, there was a, even a story. I know a lot of people say just pray that God's going to save them or pray that everything's going to be okay. But there's even a story in the Bible about King Solomon. There was a lady that stole another lady's baby, and they were both arguing over who the baby really belonged to. So they went to Solomon to be the judge over what happened. And Solomon said, how about I just cut the baby down the middle, and then I'll let both of you have the baby. But the real mother came forward. She said, no. She said, just let her have it because she wanted the baby to live and if you have a baby or if you have a family in hawaii especially if you're in that area you can always reclaim your property like big c was saying you've seen a lot of that down south but life is more important than the part ownership of something that you can always get back i just hope that everybody yeah keep praying but also pray that you listen and heed the warnings of the emergency evacuations that go on on the beautiful islands of hawaii big c also in the world of of United States of America, land of the free, home of the brave. I know that, I still want to touch on this because I saw, I know we covered it yesterday, but CNN was talking about it this morning. The thing of Roseanne and how we solve issues. And I think POTUS came out today and his response to ABC getting rid of the Roseanne Barr show, instead of saying, I denounce what she said is reprehensible, he says instead, well, I don't recall them saying anything when I would have people talking about me. Why is he so insensitive to Jewish Americans, Muslim Americans, African Americans, and even the mainstream Caucasian Americans that feel guilty because they voted for Republican? They thought they were going to save money on their taxes, not that they necessarily agree with Trump. How does he not even say that I denounce that type of speak calling someone an ape because they happen to be black mixed to your thoughts. Well, Charlton, you have to look at his history of rhetoric in America. You know, when you call neo-Nazis and good people, Yeah. you know, when you have blasted ethnic groups in America, when you blasted the Muslims, Charlton, you you blasted the Hispanics saying that they're murderers and rapists in Charlton. It's what he's done. You know, it's like he... He's the fear monger. Yeah. What he does is that he tries to make white people feel uncomfortable around minorities. And that's the reason for a lot of white actions in America. When you think about calling the police on minorities for sleeping in a dorm, for sitting in a Starbucks, yeah. for shopping in a store, when they're called by a white person, okay, is because... That white person saying that I feel uncomfortable around you, so for me to be comfortable, I can call the police and have you incarcerated. That's what white society has led to nowadays, Charlton. It's not about the president having a feeling. It's not even Roseanne. This is not the worst thing she did. And, and she, you know, you can tell that she's a cohort of the president because she started lying on people. She started lying on Ambien, the drug company. Yeah, I saw that. Saying that 
Ambien causes racism. Now, everybody in the mainstream who has taken Ambien, who has had a child with ADHD that has been prescribed Ambien, they become a racist, evidently. That's what Roseanne said today, is that if you're on Ambien, that's what it creates, is racism. And so I think you look at his followers, yeah. and he was in, I believe, Knoxville, Tennessee or something last night, Charlton, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. And he was talking about how wages are going up in America, how the Americas are, are flourishing now because they got a tax cut. But he did not talk about Charlton, and he was in a red state, which is a Jim Crow state. Yeah. That 62 million Americans do not earn a livable wage in America. 62 million. He has never addressed that in any of his speeches. He has never addressed in any of his speeches how do we gain equality in America? How do we become a country of understanding? Yes. He has never addressed that in any of his meetings, Charlton. But last night when he said how wages are going up at record levels, he didn't address that 62 million Americans do not earn a livable wage in America. Wow. And so when you say that, and they talk about entitlement programs, when you can't earn a livable wage, you have to utilize these entitlement programs, Charles, especially if you have children that you're trying to feed, that you're trying to keep warm in, this, in the wintertime, cool in the summer. Yeah. It's not that you don't want to work, but the jobs out there, especially, and anybody can Google this, Look at what the low wages that you can earn in a Jim Crow state, Charlton. That you can be as paid as little as $2.13 an hour. Wow. Think about that. $2.13 an hour. Now, you tell me the last time that you paid $2.13 for a gallon of gas. A gallon of milk will cost you that, Charlton. Yeah. More than $2.13. So when the president talks about that, and those type of jobs are tip jobs. Uh, and, and I will beg to have our listeners, do you tip every time you go into the place? Starbucks had a sensitivity training yesterday. That's a tip job in Starbucks. Yeah. That's why they have a little tip jar up on the counter. Yeah. When you look at waitresses in mainstream restaurants, waiters, they're not making federal minimum wage. If the president was so animate about his speech. And when he talked about wages going up in America, yeah. make it a federal law. Re regardless of the type of job that you have, you have to make federal minimum wage. That's making America great. Yeah. Giving people a great opportunity to support their families. Then we would lower the poverty line in America. Yeah. If you could take those people in those Jim Crow states that you can get away with paying them as little as two dollars and thirteen cent an hour. Yeah. Pay them federal minimum wage. I believe it's somewhere around eight to fifty an hour. Yeah. Let them earn a wage to take care of their family. Let them feel that they're part of American society, helping America great again. These are not the people that the president or his administration will ever talk about. And that sixty-two million, Charlton. Yes. That's that 10% that didn't get that tax cut also. Yeah, that's true. So I guess, and I got to get your thoughts because 
I know that this is a great country, but it's not great because people are silent or we only watch who won the game. Man, did you see who won the game last night? How does that help solve our ills? There are people in our country, nothing has been accomplished without somebody, number one, saying, let's make a change for the better, not for the worse. For the better, that's what our country is built on, whether you go back to W.E.B. Du Bois or Frederick Douglass or even Abraham Lincoln. They all were not perfect men, but they still sought to make this country better. Rosa Parks was not a perfect woman, she's human, but she was a beautiful woman, a paragon of virtue that helped become the face of the civil rights movement just by sitting on that bus and not giving up her seat. Why would she have to? Because some people didn't believe that she should have had a seat. That same mentality it still exists today. And what I applaud CNN for, especially they have a they have a gentleman on there by the name of Don Lemon. And there's one that's Van Jones. There are some brilliant anchors because they don't just get on there and let people have a pass. They challenge things and they tell you to Google what they're saying or they'll fact check it is what the Wolf Bitzer said that a lot. But I want to get your thoughts on this because you are down south. And I think sometimes people on the West Coast, they kind of make fun of Southern, you know, that Southern mentality of the Dixie flag. And you don't see a lot of Dixie flags in here in California. You might see every now and then on someone who has a shirt. But that thing that Trump has grabbed onto, when people say it's base, they're not talking about uneducated people. You know, Paul Ryan's part of his base. I mean, he's the Speaker of the House. So we can't act like everybody that follows Trump is this downtrodden, backwoods sleeping in the tent. It's not that. They're legislators too. But the thing that they brought up on CNN is how do we get the decent people of every color and it's amazing how silent some of our pastors are all over the country. They don't want to use that 5013C attacking Trump, but they talk about equality. How can we get some of the southern pastors and, and the late Reverend Billy Graham was one of them to speak about fairness because when white men do it, they don't get told to get the hell out of the country the way a black person would, Big C. Your thoughts? Well, Charlton, as long as the whites are silent on the main issues of America, you know, Trump's base will always be intact. In when, when you think about what the president attacks, you know, he's saying radical Islamic Muslims. Where are they at? Who are they? There's many Muslims born in this country that are that have come into this country, even if not more. You know, he wants to save the MS-13 game. He's saying that every Hispanic that comes across the border is a member of the MS-13 game, Chuck. You know, I, I wonder if the president has forgotten all about the existence of the Ku Klux Klan. Has he forgotten about them? David Duke has he forgotten him? about the IRA, the Irish, you know, terrorists? Has he forgotten about them, Charlton? When we think about all the groups of terrorists, has he forgotten about all the school and shooters? My, you know, white shooters in America, Charlton. They're terrorists. He never speaks about those, they Charlton. Never that. You know, he had a chance last night to speak to his base. We just had a school shooting last week in a red state, Texas, okay, that voted for him, that he won. Yeah. He didn't address that issue, Charlton. He hadn't addressed not one school shooting, Charlton, in any of his rallies. He's talking about how great things are. These are disgruntled white men, Charlton, and white boys that are shooting up these schools. And white men can stop Am it. Americans in mass. And that's the point. But he, yeah. he doesn't address it. So, Charlton, until they address it, not just him, until they address it, 
you, you look at any mass shooting that has occurred just this year in America. Yeah. They have been white males, okay? But they have not been attacked by the media. They have not been attacked by our legislatures, Roseanne, our politicians. Roseanne Barr didn't they attack them either. No. No, but forget Roseanne Barr. Roseanne does what the president does. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to silence people, then we're going to be silenced. Okay, the First Amendment right to speak. Roseanne had that. She wasn't at work. I mean, but she had done this rhetoric all the time. It wasn't new. Yeah. You know, she attacked Valerie Jarrett. She's attacked many other groups also, Charles. People laughed it off because she was a comedian. And, and, and they said it was acceptable. You, you, you talked about Archie Bunker show in the 70s, Charlton. Yeah. Rob Reiner was who played Meathead, his son-in-law. He, he was a racist towards his own son-in-law on the show. Yeah. And Rob Reiner is one of the greatest directors in Hollywood. And so he has gone on to propel a lot of careers based on what he did in that show, Charlton. So if we're going to fire everybody for what they say in America, we can't do that. I'm not defending Roseanne's actions. I'm just saying that people who commit heinous acts don't get fired. You know, the thing about it, Bill O'Reilly came out and backed Roseanne. Not Roseanne, but ABC said it's a fine job for them firing her. <laughs> Here's a, 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 a sexual offender saying that another company did a good job for firing somebody who used letters. Yet he was using his hands and forcing himself on women, and his network stood by him. So you got to look at the perspective of the mainstream mind, Charlton. As long as you're assaulting somebody physically, they feel you should keep a job. Well, but if you say something and other people see it, then you should get fired. That's interesting. That that that's an issue, and I and I think for the people who think, well, let's just talk about sports. That's almost like saying there's volcanoes erupting in Hawaii and we're trying to save lives, but who cares about life? Let's see what the University of Hawaii did in their game versus, you know, Utah. Let's see what the University of Hawaii did in their game versus San Diego State. Who cares that there's eruptions of volcanoes going off because we just, we're too dumb to pay attention to that. I just got to watch the game. And I think sometimes with our mainstream media, they have to realize sports and politics is the same. Because when people come to your stadium, we have a great opportunity to at least have people say, let's make this better. I mean, Dr. King, you think about Dr. King and how his oratory spoke so, it, it spoke the truth. And because it spoke the truth, it resonated all over the universe. His truth did, and it still does today. I have a dream. And I would hope that some of these Southern pastors and even the ones in the West would stand up and say, this is not tolerated. Because even though that hate speech happens all over this country, a lot of it originated in the South with the pre-Civil War and all that garbage with slavery, the 13 states with the 13 original colonies. But I, I know that it would just take, what if every church was like big C sports? I'm not saying proselytizing people. But talking about fairness and equality, don't we pray for our sports teams? We always say a prayer. I think one of the great things the late uh, Reggie White did when he played for Philadelphia and the Green Bay Packers, he had this thing where the athletes would get together and they would pray on the field 
Opposing teams would do that. I think Reggie White was one of the main guys that started that. He was respected by everybody, Big C. Big, burly athlete. Played in football. Hall of Famer. Every, everything great about that man on and off the, on and off the field. Why, where has that gone with our media base where networks used to cover that and no one ever said, oh, you can't pray? You know, you can't pray. This, this is just for football. Why bring religion into sports? But no one says that that was wrong. They loved it. Why don't we have some of that now instead of all this division you can't stand or you can't kneel for the national anthem? What would be so wrong with allowing that mentality to come back? Because when people tend to pray together like the Billy Graham did and Dr. King, people tend to see, you know what, we are the same tribe. But that make any sense, Big C, your thoughts? Which often, ironically, that still does occur at the end of NFL games if players get together at the, at the midfield strike for fellowship and, and pray. You know, the thing about it, Charlton, they take a knee. And there's no backlash for a player taking a knee after the game. I was just going to say and that. so who Good is point. to say that Colin Kaepernick was not praying for change in America? Very good point. Changing for point. social justice. Very good point. Praying for his social cause, Charlton. He was praying for that. He was hoping that America would pay attention to his prayers. But because he was bringing attention through prayer of a injustice in America, they said he was being disrespectful. Amen. Colin Kaepernick has taken the same stance that those players take after the game. When they get together, take a knee and pray. You know, people are not paying attention to him at that point, but they still have the same thought process that Colin Kaepernick has, is that we must end social injustice, in poverty, wrongdoing in America that we must make equality the norm in America. That's what those players are asking for, for health and liberty and safety and respect. Yes. They ask for that after a game. And even ask for it before games, Charlton, because players have prayer before the game. And so what you're saying is that in the workplace, you're not allowed to worship in, in your way. So if you have a certain religious stance, in a certain workplace, they're saying that you can't work there. So what is happening in America is, is separatism, Charlton. If you're not going to toe the line towards money, then we don't want you around. And you look at this move that Disney just did in ABC yes. with, with, with Roseanne Barr. The only thing they care about is money. And, and so that's why it's so shocking about the Roseanne Barr's fire. I'm not saying that I'm not happy that she was fired, but here's a show that was profitable for her, making money. Yes. The thing about it is that you let the actions of one individual cause hundreds of other individuals employment. Yep. You think about everybody who was linked to that show, from the fellow actors, from those people who sit in as extras. Production. You, you think about the graphers, the production, the writers, Charlton, the lighting people, the craft food services people. Hundreds of people, Charlton, lost their jobs yesterday because you have one asinine individual. That's a very serious and, and no one looks at that. Yeah. Everybody is feeling empathetic towards Roseanne. Yeah. Who had money when she came into the show. They don't look at the other people who had gone out and rented apartments, maybe leased a car, because they felt that they were going to have two years of solid employment. Yes. And now 
they're gonna, you know, they're gonna renege on all those things, Charlton. They're not gonna be able to carry out that car lease, apartment lease. Yeah. And so they're gonna, you know, here it is. They're gonna lose that. Their credit is gonna be gone. And, and so no one cares about them. You got a country caring about Roseanne, and, and this is how the administration is set up. You're caring about those who have too much. Yes. Not those that don't have enough. If you look at our administration, it's all about the wealthy in America. You look at this Roseanne show. Roseanne was a headliner. Roseanne made 10 to 20 times more than the next person on the show. Yeah. So you, you take one of those extras, you take one of those graphers, you take one of those light people, you think they made that much money, Charlton? No. But now they're out of a job. Well, you know, but people are concerned about Roseanne. That's that's very well said, Big C. They also had they tried to diversify the show by having a young African American girl there, and that's supposed to make people say, "You see, we believe in egalitarianism." But I I know that little girl must be hurt to hear what she really thinks of black women, and that's why if other people want to say it, I always want to say this: how we always say that there's never any excuse for domestic violence, and that there's just no excuse for it because maybe. It may stop some knucklehead from hurting somebody's daughter, maybe even one of our own. And that's important that men stand up. No one would condone of somebody slapping a baby, and no one should condone of anyone grabbing a woman. But I, I just want to say this too, even for Roseanne, and for the people just like her. I, I remember when I was in college, I had some Caucasian friends, and I mean, I had a variety of friends, but I'll never forget. We were all laughing standing around watching some news or some TV programs and joking and like a lot of college kids do. And when they thought I had left to go off to work, they started telling the N-word jokes. I mean, I didn't leave all the plays so they couldn't see. They just couldn't see I was there. But they started telling the N-word jokes. It was N-word this and N-word that. And I remember they looked down the balcony and they made a very derogatory comment about an older African-American gentleman who was taking out his trash. And I heard one of the guys that I, you know, drank a libation with, sometimes went out dancing, partied, knew the same people, played basketball with, played pool with. I heard him saying to another guy when they thought I was left, look at that stupid inn down there near the dumpster. He was dumping his trash like anybody else in a complex. And they were laughing and hooting it up. Now these are the same Caucasian boys that I played ball with, that I had a libation with, went to a nightclub with, knew the same people, hung out with. But I'll never forget, they thought I was gone for about a minute and they started acting like they were Roseanne Bar. This is on a college campus. This is not some backwood country town where nobody sees integration. This is a, the, the problem is when I, when I was there and I turned around and I looked at them their eyes dropped, their skin turned bright red, and he said to me, man, I didn't know you were still here. And I saw the embarrassment on the face. And instead of trying to get in the fisticuffs with the guy, I just told him, your mama didn't teach you anything. Because had she did, she would have told you that all life came from Africa. So that old black man you're talking about, he's what your great ancestry looked like. You can Google it. That's why I love Google. I didn't have Google back in the day, but people who still act like Roseanne Bard, Google Dr. Gregory Mendel, the world's foremost scientist, 
Dr. Leakey, the world's foremost paleontologist, they both opine that all life came from the African continent and that we all are one race with a dominant and a recessive trait. The dominant trait is black. It's called black. The recessive trait is white. It's called recessive. You know the dominant trait can reproduce the recessive trait, but the recessive trait cannot reproduce the dominant trait. That's when black and white have offspring, the kids come out black or they look 80% African-American. And that's why we had a lot of anti-desmissation laws where people couldn't marry. That's science. And you can do your own research. Just look at most interracial couples. The babies don't look Caucasian 80% of the time. They look very strong with African genetics. That's science. I do want to say that sports is a billion dollar industry and boys and girls sports is the foundation to this billion dollar industry. For every athletic and sporting event, we go through Ben and Mark. They work with pro athletes. They work with collegiate teams. They also work with high school teams as well as your mom and pop soccer leagues. And when you reach out to them, let them know Big C sent you 800-772-8624. That's 800-772-8624. So the, the final thing I want to say about that, Big C, I apologize to every African-American woman in this country, whether you play sports or not, whether you've been the first lady of the White House or not, whether you're somebody's cleaning someone's house so you can feed your kids, whether you're a school bus driver, whether you're Rosa Parks. And I even apologize for the Caucasian mainstream that they're also offended that they're lumped with that behavior that comes out of mainstream because a lot of them have a good heart too, but sometimes they're lumped in with the bad guys. So I even apologize for them. But for Valerie Jarrett and the Obama administration, I just want everyone who has that racist enmity in them, Google Dr. Mendo and Gregory Leakey. And when you realize that you have anathema for black Americans, you have an anathema also for your ancestry. Big C, that has to ring home your thoughts. Well, Chalky, you would hope that it would ring home. But, but it doesn't. You know, when we see a lot of these things that are posted on the World Wide Web now, Chalky, they're not responded to unless they're posted by a mainstream individual. Yeah. When minorities post these incidents, Charlton, they say, well, you know, they're just whining and crying. Complaining. And, but, but when a mainstream individual posts these things, Charlton, they, they get a better reaction because they have a greater following. But, you know, when, when people start treating people like people, like I said, you know, the thing is, is that the minority part of society has mainstream feeling uncomfortable in certain situations, whether they see them advancing, you know, through economics, through education. The way to keep yourself above other people, Charlton, is by disadvantaging them, disenfranchising them. Yeah. That's what a lot of mainstream people do, Charlton. They feel that minorities need to be incarcerated. If, if you go to some of the whitest states in this country, Charleston, go places like Wyoming, yeah. Montana, Kansas, where the black population is not that high, where they get their circulation of information on minorities, Charleston, is through the news. Yeah. What do we see on the news 80% of the time representing minorities? We see some type of negative action, whether someone's being shot, whether someone's being arrested. And that's a sports. In our sports. So, but those that are not sports, Charlton, you see in a negative light 80% of the time. Yeah. So that, when you're not in a minority town, and there's a lot of towns in America, Charlton, that does not have one minority that lives in them. 
So your only knowledge of minorities is what you've seen on the news. You never sit down and talk with them, Charlton. You never interacted. You never sit down and had a meal. So what you see on the news has to be an accurate representation of the whole culture. And so that's how you draw your line on them. Yeah. So when you want to talk about racism in America, Charlton, when minorities don't live in every pocket, and you have the president saying that every Hispanic now is a part of the MS-13 gangs, wow. the drug dealers, rapists, murderers. You know, when you had 150 people trying to cross the border, they called it a caravan. Okay, wow. you had 150 people. You know, the guy in Vegas shot more than that. Okay? Yeah. And, and no one calls him a terrorist. And he was white. And no one will ever call him a terrorist in the media because he looked like them, Joe. Well, let me And get, the people yeah. of America will never represent him in the mainstream as a terrorist because it looked like him. Timmy, Timothy McVeigh drew up the, uh, blew up the Merle Federal Building in Oklahoma City back in the 90s, Charlton. Yeah, I remember. Killed 160 people. Most of them children, Charlton. He was white. He was a terrorist. And they said he was a troubled young man. Not a terrorist. That he was a troubled young man. I think that's something that we got to look at. And because I'm not a sycophant, you know, a lot of people that, I know people listen to a lot of thoughts and they sometimes are too afraid to talk about it. But let me get your thoughts about something. Sometimes you got to be uncomfortable to grow. You know, sometimes you start lifting weights and people who work out a lot, they know what I'm going to say. When you start lifting weights, your body kind of goes into shock. It gets a little bit sore and you can work out really hard for a day or two. And sometimes you can barely walk the next day because your body is growing. And as every athlete who's ever worked out hard, there's a lot, of, especially a lot of football players, they understand that's part of the process of building your muscles and then you got to stretch and all that stuff. I want to get your thoughts, and this probably won't happen because a lot of people just want to be quiet and get their money. We have this golf tournament. You think about it, Tiger Woods teeing off at the Memorial Golf Tournament tomorrow. And today he played a practice round alongside Peyton Manning. Now, I know the Marine says all we need is a few good men. But I think if you have a platform, if you really have a heart for how can we make our little, you know, dent in society to make it better like Dr. King and Rosa Parks did, and even Lyndon Johnson for that matter, love or hate him, what, would it be a far stretch to ask, say, a Peyton Manning, happened to be Caucasian guy, African, you know, Tiger Woods happened to be African American, would it be too much to ask them to just make a statement about can we all find some common ground in this country, black and white, no matter what color you are, because people listen to athletes. These guys have paid millions. You can't say that they're so obtuse they can't even denounce something like what Roseanne Barr does because it's like people tacitly consent because they say nothing about stuff like that. Would that be too much to ask them, Victor, your thoughts? Yes, it is, Charles. Why? You have to be realistic about who you're asking to speak. You're asking people who are sitting there worrying about their next sponsorship do they want to cross that line? That is the reason why you don't see superstar athletes in the NFL taking a stance, Charlton. It's not like the NBA where the superstar athletes own the league. And it's not easy to replace them. It's not as easy to replace superstars in the NFL either, Charlton. But these players, their careers are a lot shorter on average, three years. 
And so they're trying to optimize their money while they can. And to ask athletes, and I keep saying this, we all ask athletes to be the torchbearers yeah. of society. And we do not ask the same of our elected officials. That's where I always have a problem. You elect these people to go to Washington to represent you, to protect you. But you're saying that that should fall on an athlete, Chelsea. We put the onuses on the wrong people. Only time you see an athlete talking is when a camera is willing to listen to him. Yeah. And they want to talk about sports. You're not going to have the average interviewer saying, okay, let's talk about this social issue. It's what you say all the time. Let's talk about the score. Let, let, let's talk about your opponent. They don't want to talk about what's going on in America, what's causing lies, what's causing injustice what's causing inappropriation of funds around this country. They don't want to put that in front of an athlete, Charlton. But they don't they will not put it in front of an in front of a politician. They're there every day. You know, in the White House. Yeah. They deflect every day. Sarah Sanders Sarah Huckabee Sanders deflects every day. She had a great question today, Charlton, from a thirteen year old student. Yes. That asked her what is being done administration of America. We're having a little bit of going to school thinking of dying any longer. Yes, we're having a so little bit of static with your administration doing. And yes. she's a and this is the first time that she ever showed emotion at, at the podium. Yes. But even in that emotion is that she could be dishonest in that emotion talk. Yeah. She's saying this administration understands you and it's working very hard. It is pulled the commission. Okay, now, if you got a guy with a gun, what type of commission you need? Okay, we, we had a school, we had a teacher in this last shooting down in Santa, Santa, Santa Fe, Texas, who charged the shooter, put his life at risk, Charlton, and tackled the shooter, saved lives. Teacher did that. A great American hero. Yes. Has the president acknowledged that? No, Charlton. He has not. Even though this young man doesn't want to recognize the president has acknowledged that. The White House has acknowledged that. But what do you do to keep kids safe in America? You need to pull a commission to say that automatic weapons need to be banned. And you want to use the excuse that mental illness is the reason for the mass shootings in school? Mental illness. Think about the people in this country, Charlton, that are really mentally ill. Yeah. And their families have suffered for years and decades taking care of these people. And these people, Chuck, have never gone out and assassinated children in school. Never gone out and assassinated people at a concert. They're mentally ill and it's a struggle. And they're not going out trying to kill people, Chuck. But to take those people who are American citizens who suffer every day and use them as your excuse for gun violence in America, Charlton, why lie to the public like that? Mental illness is a serious issue in America that have been fought for decades by families. Everybody who listens to our show knows someone in their family or a friend's family that suffers through a mental illness. And not one time has that person picked up a gun and said, I'm gonna go kill a plethora of Americans. Okay, Charlton? So the, the, the government needs to stop using that excuse of mental illness. Mental ill people, Charlton, do not go out and commit mass murder. 
this is a situation where the Houston Rockets, when they were playing Golden State, I, that's at the time that they had that massacre down in Texas. And I, I know some athletes said something about, you know, they had a prayer. Because there are some people who won't watch the news, but they'll listen to an athlete. And I think there's a Chris Paul has some words, to, touching words to say. Uh, Coach D'Antoni has some touching words to say. Steve Kerr. A lot of players, a lot of athletes responded to something that wasn't about setting up and dribbling. And I think there's a, a football player for the Houston Texans, the one that helped raise that money. Was it J.J. Watt? He's done a lot of good things, especially, you know, with the flood victims down in Texas. He also, I think, paid for the services or offered to pay for the services of many of those, those fallen victims down there. So I know in that aspect, athletes have done something. And see, this is what I want to applaud Chris Paul for. I couldn't care less about his jump shot or if he has a pull hamstring or not, if he has a crossover. But they did, they did what they did not have to do. They could have said, well, you know, it's uncomfortable. I just want to keep my sponsorship. You know, Watt could have said, well, I got $100 million. I don't want to risk that. But he put himself into something, and it helped. I mean, a lot of people did it too, but he got the notoriety. That's why I salute them for being men more than athletes, where then a lot of guys say, well, you know, I don't want to cause any problem. I just want to get my money. That's why I'm saying Tiger and also Peyton could say something because you never know that that young kid that looks up to an athlete, they may not watch the news. They're too busy on their video games. That's why I think athletes and, and sportscasters, they really miss the point. It's just a shame that only Big C Sports will keep bringing up things like there's a volcano about to erupt in Hawaii. We're not talking about the squirrel all the time. We're telling people, get out, listen, because there's some people who follow sports that won't follow the news. So anyway, no matter what, I know when they did the Stanley Cup down in, in, in Las Vegas, they took a knee for the victims of that massacre when the kid that all those kids were were you know murdered and shot by that crazy guy down in the in the hotel in in las vegas so there are athletes and sports teams that can make a difference it goes back to reggie white and i hope that some of that can come back because i think we need that and that would help people realize we're not fighting each other we just have a society where people can say i'm pained if they're white, and we'll say, hey, well, let's see if we can fix it. But oftentimes when they're African-American, people say, well, you know, you're just complaining. You, can't you guys just shut up and just play? You're making millions of dollars. No one told J.J. Watt to shut up and, and stop complaining. He's making millions of dollars. Why you got to let it be known you're paying for services? No one told Chris Paul, shut up. You're making million, $100 million contract. Who are you to talk about how can we come together and end this? No one told that to Steve Kerr. And so that's why I think athletes that have a heart, not the dumb ones, but the smart ones, they should be able to inject something. Reggie White did what he did back in the day, went a long way in helping people break bread and sit down. And that's what I'm talking about. Why couldn't Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning do that? They've been, you know, given lots of money, but they can also show they have a bigger heart, too. That's my thoughts, Big C, your thoughts. Well, talking to, and I'll throw that back to the politicians. They've been given a lot of money by constituents. They've been given a lot of money by lobbyists. Yeah. They've gotten a lot of votes that they've campaigned on to the public, to their districts. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Washington and make a change. I'm going to change the laws. I'm going to make life safe for you and your children. Yes. The athlete didn't get up and lie to you about that. The politicians stood up in your face on your television and lied to you about that. Yeah. 
I, I look at the president last night. He didn't help any of those kids, any of those families down in Texas, Florida, or any other state, Charlton, where there's been a shooting. He has not stood behind that. But he stands behind the NRA. Yeah. It, it's just like when he came out today with a tweet bashing ABC because they did not call him and apologize to him. Wow. Why? Everything is about him and his friends. You, you think about talking about this large tax cut, the largest in history. Why can't we have the largest gun reform in history? It's all about money, Charlton. That would make sense. It's about money. It's not about lives. It's about money. You think about him getting in on this NFL thing about the, the this stance that the owners just took, Charlton. Yeah. About players standing for the national anthem. The reason why he did that it is about money, okay? He feels that he made a difference in what the owners did. And most likely did, Charlton, because they donated a lot of money to him. They don't want to have their 5013C challenge. Understand, listeners, the NFL is a nonprofit organization. Yep. They classify as a nonprofit organization. They make hundreds of millions of dollars a year, each owner, several hundred million dollars a year. And they're classified as a non-profit organization. Yeah, what's that? So, yes, they're yeah. going to back the president and what he says, and he's going to back them. Yeah. Because they donated over $30 million to his campaign. Yeah. $30 million. That goes all right. way. How much did they donate to your community? <laughs> think about that. Yeah. You that... think about all the communities <laughs> yeah. where they have an NFL team. Yes. And go ask yourself which one of those communities that that NFL team donated $30 million to it. And these owners make, you know, half a billion dollars a year each. Yeah. Which one of your communities received $30 million from that ownership group <laughs> wow. to help privilege in your community? Well, I'll, Don't I'll, talk about the athletes, let's talk about the owners. <laughs> That's true. And, and now that you bring it up, I want to I wanna turn it over to the NBA, Big Z, because Brian Colangelo, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, trust the process, I hear that he took some of that money that they got from, you know, getting, they get money from taxpayers to build stadiums and arenas, etc. But I hear he had a, he took to a Twitter and had several different aliases criticizing his own players. You know, the ones that they say trust the process. What in the world is going on when the owner is using Twitter as an alias to insult his players that he's paying checks to as opposed to having them a man-to-man -man meeting, Big C, your thoughts? Well, Charlton, I, I look at that as twofold. You, you, you look at these Twitter accounts, whether he had them or not, and it's alleged right now. Yes, alleged. It will come out one way or another soon. Yes. But is it a motivating factor in attacking these players? I mean, you, you have to look at that. I mean, look at how the media beats a player down, Charlton. Yeah. Every day. They're scrutinized. They're giving colonoscopies every day. They're, they're so deep up in the place. Okay? I've had mine but, but, men get yours too, by the way. Okay, Dixie. But, but, but what Colangelo did, Charlton, here's a guy who's the president of an organization. He has to find ways to motivate players. And I know a lot of people in the media are mad because of what he did. Yes. But do they listen to what they do every day, Charlton? We do it also. Yes. Okay? Listen to what you say every day. And then to say that you're the saint and Colangelo is not. 
regardless of how he's getting his message out there, Charlton, he wasn't using profanity. No. He was telling facts. And now the media is upset because he beat them at their own game. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. He beat them at their own game. They say, well, he can't do that. He can't sneak around and say stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, how many times have we heard on a news program or whatever, or even in a newspaper, an anonymous source? All the time. An anonymous source. You hear that every day. An anonymous source. An inside source. This is part of Americana, Charlton. So you're going to go out to Colangelo, who has done what he's done with Philadelphia the past couple of years, Charlton, in building a solid young organization. Oh, yeah. Because he put out some tweets, alleged tweets, and you're saying that that's detrimental, Charlton. We don't hear anything about Colangelo paying off somebody $130,000 for four minutes. <laughs> we didn't hear Colangelo make anybody call anybody an eight, Charlton. No. We, we, we didn't have... Colangelo make any sexist comments? Nope. And so you're saying that it's wrong that he can't have an opinionated tweet? What is tweeting anyway? Uh, you know, I, I hear the birds doing it every morning, kind of tweet me off, waking me up. Is that why you never tweet me? You're outside Tweety Tweet Bird. Is it was it Tweety yeah. Bird on the was it but what's one Roadrunner and Tweety Bird or one of those Tweety Bird cartoons? Yeah. Well, Tweety Bird was on the uh, Fall Guy Okay. Uh, but, you know when, when, when you think about. People are so insensitive to tweets. I mean, Roseanne lost her job behind it. But, but ask, every American ask yourself this question. Why should everybody get fired over tweets and the president gets a pass? And he's the number one bully in America. That's a very good point, Big C. And speaking of someone in the NBA that's been bullied, I look at Tyrone Liu, and I remember there was a time when people were saying that Tyrone Lue's job was in jeopardy because maybe some things were going wrong with Cleveland, maybe they had the wrong players or they weren't getting the effort. And there was always some pushback, but this Tyrone Lue, he's going back to the NBA Finals again. And as African-American men, I know they replaced a coach that was also African-American that's on the Golden State staff now. And... He's been excellent when you look at your results. The only time he's lost when it really mattered is to the team that won the NBA championship. And that would be the Golden State Warriors. They beat them once. But think about, just, just Google this. For someone who's taken his team to the NBA Finals and happens to be 1-2 and two in those finals against them, he is still not considered one of the greatest coaches out there. And you can look at that when Casey gets coach of the year. You know, of course, he should have gotten it too. Nothing wrong with that, but he got fired. And there's a lot of coaches who are on a hot seat, including him, and all he's done is get to the NBA championships three years in a row. Big C, your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, just a couple of short weeks ago, Brad Stevens was the most genius coach in the NBA. But we saw him get out coached in the Eastern Finals. And no one talked negative about that. And there was a point I didn't realize Tyron Lue was still in the NBA coaching. <laughs> you know, based on what the media was saying. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, four consecutive paths to the NBA championship, Charlton. Yeah. you got to go back a few years. I mean, you're talking about coaches like Pat Riley, Eric Sposter, 
you know, Phil Jackson. Jackson. Yep. Steve Kerr. You know, he's in that neighborhood. He's in that conversation, Charlton. But as far as the media is concerned, he's not. He gets no recognition for what his accomplishments have been for the last four years in the NBA. Go back. Only Steve Kerr in the last four years has a better track record than Tyron Lue. Isn't that something? Period, Charlton. Only one coach. Yeah. But only one of these coaches is criticized. Yep. And questioned about should he have a job. I think that's you incredible. You look how many coaches in the Eastern Conference, Charlton, have not had the success of a, of a Tyron Lue. Nope. We saw Casey get fired winning the East. Minority coach. Will any other coach be fired that lost the playoff series to Cleveland this year, Charlton? Other than Casey? No. Well, you think Only one. That's a good point. You know, that, that, that's true. No other coach. Think about it. In the playoffs period, Charlton, this year in the NBA, no other coach will be fired other than Casey, the head coach of Toronto. He just happened to be minority. And he wasn't the only coach that got swept, Charlton. Nope. Not he wasn't. All. No. But he got fired. And, and you think about that, and you have to question yourself as an American, as a sports fan. And I, and I made this statement a couple of weeks ago. As a minority, you're held to a higher standard. That whatever you do, you have to do head and shoulders above everybody else. I spoke about the Tuskegee Airmen, who didn't lose a pilot in World War II, Joe. Nope. You know, I, I spoke about that lady pilot for Southwest Airlines, who had that tragedy a month or so ago, Charlton. Unfortunately, she lost one passenger, but she was able to get that plane on the ground, Charlton and not suffer any other loss of life. Yeah. Minority, a hero, Charlton. But they're not looked at like that, but she has to do something better than any other pilot because she's a, free, a female pilot, Charlton. Yeah. If she was a male pilot, we, we go back to Sully Sullivan, who uh, landed the plane on the Hudson. the Hudson, yeah. And, and I admire the individual for doing that, Charlton. He got a movie. <laughs> he sure did. You know, he was... <laughs> A hero. He was an American hero. But we have a female pilot. It's gone by the wayside. No one even thinks about it, Charlton. Yeah, I agree with this, that. This is how minorities and women are minorities are judged against the rest of society. And that's why we will always and forever advocate. I think Big C Sports advocates more for women and, and people of color and even mainstream because we ask for equality among everybody. And sometimes if you're silent, that's almost like consent. I look at, when we look at this finals, and I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we talk about the great job that Tyrone Lewis done, and you mentioned some great coaches like Kerr, some guys like Pop, some guys like Jackson that have been in those same situations that were almost considered Hall of Fame material. No one even talks about him being Hall of Fame material. They say, well, LeBron James team. I mean, nobody said that when Michael Jordan was doing his thing back in the day, six titles in the eight seasons, that it was Phil, that it was Michael Jordan's team. They said Phil Jackson got voted into the Hall. He's going to be the Hall of Fame coach. They didn't say that it's all Michael's team. They said the great Phil and his triangle offense. But, well, but yeah. Did, did, uh, did Phil win a title when Michael wasn't in Chicago? Uh, no. I, hold, okay. well, hold on. I got to Google that, Big C. No, he, not, not in Chicago he didn't. Okay, just, just check it. <laughs> he, he did in L.A., but he had guys by the name of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal and uh, also Hall of Famers. If I, oh, let me see. Think about if this. I Google that, yeah. You talk about how great a coach Phil Jackson is. Yes. I think his last coaching assignment was with the New York Knicks. 
Yeah, but he didn't have a Jordan and he didn't have a Shaq and Kobe. You got to be fair, Big Z. Get him back. So, so what you're saying is that he didn't muster a winning season. <laughs> no. Without a all, without an all star, <laughs> Hall of Fame player. Yeah. He could not have a winning season. No, they they have. Okay, so I, I just want to be clear on that. That Phil Jackson was such a great coach. Yes. That he could take the mediocre New York Knicks. To a winning season. Yeah, I think. And he never won forty games in one season with the Knicks. <laughs> no, he okay. When, when he lost, want to make sure I had the right guy. <laughs> when he lost Jordan, when he lost, you know, Pippen, when he lost Shaq and Kobe, he was running the triangle, but he was called the Bermuda Triangle because all those teams disappeared when it came to playoff things. Yeah, that's just a thought. You could Google that. So, are the Cavs in trouble if they don't have Kevin Love? I think the only way the Cavs are in trouble is if they don't have LeBron James. And on top of that, this point spread that's so out of this universe, in fact, it's out of the universe! The point spread's so bad that they're thinking this might be a sweep or a five-game series. So when you watch the point spread, you'll hear it on Big C Sports. Now, Las Vegas doesn't make a lot of money unless Golden State doesn't cover the point spread. So you're going to see a large point spread in these games. So they're going to be playing maybe a 10-point point spread in some of these games, maybe 8 or 9. So they, in order for Vegas to win money, they need people to take that and maybe maybe cover by 6 or cover by 5. So you're going to see a lot of things happen in the game that keep the game close for the point spread. Whether they get swept or win five, go 5 or 6 games, the point spreads, how are they going to make that money? Big C, your thoughts? Well, talking that's always the way that you make your money is on the spread. And, and you know, to have a 12-point spread, Charlton, end up with an eight-point game, Vegas is, you know, in tall cotton, as they would say. <laughs> yes, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard to imagine that a team with LeBron giving up. You know, that, that his willpower is that he enforces his will on his teammates. Yes. And it's like, guys, I'm not here to carry you. I'm here to assist you. Yeah. Okay? And you're going to have to carry your own load tonight. The Golden State Warriors is a different type of organization, Charlton. Physically, these two teams are completely contrasting, okay? Yeah. They, they don't have a big inside game in Golden State. It's an outside perimeter game that relies on some cuts to the basket. They have to run LeBron all over the floor. Yeah. Is what they have to do, Charlton. They have to keep him in perpetual motion. And, and that's the way that they will beat Cleveland if they can do that. If they settle in and slow the game down, for the Cavaliers, Charlton, they'll cover the spread in every game. But unless they're willing to run all out, all night long, Charlton, the Cavaliers will be in this series. They definitely will be in this series because there's something I want that I've been thinking about. My friend from Las Vegas always texts me about something. And, and I think Adam Silver, you know, he's the top guy of the NBA. He's the commissioner. And you're selling this game all over the world. In fact, all over the universe for the NBA. His challenge is, how do I keep people investing in what we're doing? No matter what it is, the NBA has a lot of its, you know, its tentacles in different parts of this country. So he can't afford to have a four-game sweep. What's the task for Silver, Big C, your thoughts? The task for Silver is, like we said, keeping the games close. You have to call it tight. You, you know, you, you think about LeBron. The most physical player in the league, Charlton. And anybody else would fall out of a game playing with the physicality <laughs> that LeBron plays with. Yeah. But they've allowed him to get to that point, Charlton, in, in his stature of his career. 
and they don't allow other players to defend themselves playing against him. But, you know, it's part of his entertainment package, Charlton. Yes. And the commissioner plays on that, Charlton. Yeah. And as an official, you've been talked to by the league. This is how the game is going to go. You know, you, these, you're going to look past these fouls. Yeah. You know, I, I remember a game that these two teams played during the regular season the last time they met. There was, there was a play where Draymond Green was going to the basket, Charlton. LeBron James goes up to block the shot. He hacks Draymond all over his body. Yeah. Draymond comes back after his teammate had gotten the rebound and went back to the basket and missed. Draymond comes in and reaches for the ball in the rebound. He gets hit with a foul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I've seen that. It's like, okay. I know Brian eyes didn't see everything I just saw. Yeah. Draymond gets knocked to the ground, gets up, reaches yeah. in, and gets hit with a foul. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I see a lot of that occurring in this championship run, Charlton, between yes. these two teams starting on Monday night. But we, we, we saw this against Houston. Houston was much more of a physical team against Golden State. Yes. And went to the line two to one. Yep. I see that same action with Cleveland going to the line two to one. Yeah. It's going to be a big question mark how much Kevin Love can contribute in game one if he clears concussion protocol. Yeah. But we know players like Tristan Thompson cannot run with anybody on Golden State starting lineup, Charlton. So he becomes a detriment to the team. Yeah, he's not a capella inside where he can intimidate people, block shots, and control the boards. Yeah, so he's a complete mismatch for Golden State to take advantage of. So they have Tyron Lue has to do a wonderful coaching job of that mismatch situation to keep Cleveland in the game. Well, no matter no matter who wins, I think NBA is fantastic. It starts in Oakland tomorrow, Thursday. And it's a, it's a great game. If you don't like NBA, just watch it. It's a great game. But don't just watch it from the point of looking at who won the game. You know, look at how things are called throughout the game, especially for your young people that want to follow how the game is called. That's always important. I'm proud of CNN News for doing some things that are not just sticking on one angle. They actually try to have solutions that they bring to the universe, and I appreciate that. I love that the NHL is chasing Lord Stanley's Cup. They're all trying to get their hands on that vibranium, Big C. And I love the fact that Major League Baseball is still in full swing. Big C, back in the day, there was a man by the name of Drew Bandini Brown. He was known as Muhammad Ali's right-hand man. He would always tell Ali, with all you've got to use, how can you lose? Rumble, young men rumble, Big C. What are you looking forward to in this boy's universe? Well, Charlton, tonight we have game two uh, of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals. You know, this is the first time since 2011 that conference winners have met for the Stanley Cup. And when you think about where these two teams are, Vegas won, it led the league in victories, Charlton, this, this past season. Alex Ovechkin led the league in scoring, Charlton. So you have two top-flight offenses competing tonight. And if, if Vegas wins game two, Charlton, this could end up being a sweep. Well, speaking of being a sweep, if you want vibranium, watch them boys drink from that Stanley Cup. That's where you can find it. And you can also find us every Monday through Friday at 5 and 6 p.m. worldwide when you follow Big C Sports on the Big C Sports Network on the number one network 
in the United States of America and Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe. According to Big C and the good old boys down south, we always want to tell you there's never, ever any excuse for domestic violence. If you know any woman or man going through that garbage, please call 911 because no man or woman should ever have to go through that garbage on their own. And as we always tell you on every Big C Sports show, we thank you. We appreciate you, and we hope that you have a super fantastic day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.